scripture reading is from Luke 9, verse 57 to 62. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts their hand to the pool and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. It's probably smart to have a cute child read such a hard text. <laughs> the good idea, Allie. I, I didn't think of that. Um, let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Last fall, uh, the session of Knox Church agreed to focus on uh, the next two to three years on three priorities, uh, justice, small groups, and outreach. And in an effort to foster a culture of significant congregational engagement around these priorities, the Knox campaigns were established. If you haven't noticed, <laughs> lots of social media, uh, things on our website around the Knox campaigns. And these are built around the four justice teams at Knox sustainability, housing, race, and immigration, along with our small group ministry. And the plan is to have each of these areas have one to two months dedicated to the particular campaign. So you may have noticed in April and May, uh, the focus was on sustainability. And for June and July, we're looking at housing. And these focused periods provide an opportunity for us to have dialogue for education and service, as well as a chance to consider more deeply how faith and justice are related and how faith and justice are essential to Christian discipleship. In selecting a text for today's sermon and knowing it would be part of the Knox campaign focused on housing, I fell upon Luke 9, where Jesus actually talks about himself as being without a home. So it seemed to connect to some of the issues that are the focus of our campaign. However, Jesus is not simply talking about homelessness in general or his own experience of homelessness, but as a possible outcome of following him which leads us to a key element of all the Knox campaigns, not just housing, and that is the journey toward discipleship, what it takes and what it might cost. Have you ever embarked on a journey and realized that you didn't prepare uh, for the challenges that would inevitably arise? I remember uh, one camping trip in Yosemite. My husband and I had been married just a few years, and we decided to go camping in Tuolumne Meadows. And while there, we thought um, we wanted to go hike to Glacier Point, 
We'd heard all about it, so we read a little bit about the trail, how to get there. But what we didn't fully consider was just how long it would take. <laughs> so we kind of leisurely get up, we start off, it's a beautiful day. Thankfully, the weather was perfect. We made it to Glacier Point and enjoyed the spectacular view there, had some snacks. We at least planned for some food. <laughs> and we're relaxing, having our, our snacks, and then it started to dawn on us just how long it had taken to get there and how much time it was going to take to get back to our campsite. And, you know, even when, the, when reality is staring you in the face, you still kind of play these games with yourselves. And we were sort of thinking, well, it's really not going to take that long, and we'll get back before dinner, but for sure we'll get back before it's dark. But um, after a while, you know, um, we realized that the facts <laughs> said one thing, um, and we had to face the truth. So we started hiking, uh, we were running, um, just hoping that we wouldn't get caught out in the dark, um, stranded. We hadn't you know, put much thought into what it would take to do that hike. We didn't get up early enough, we didn't bring enough water, we didn't bring flashlights, extra clothes. Um, we scrambled through the dark and thankfully we made it back to our campsite without any mishap, but we regretted not having been better prepared. And I wonder if the journey of discipleship can be like that sometimes, maybe all the time. The map shows us the correct mileage, the obstacles that we might encounter along the way, but it can be hard to fully grasp the demands of the journey. In our text today, Jesus is pretty clear about what may lie ahead for his followers. And the question seems to be whether to follow or not. This section of Luke's gospel comes at the start of what's often known um, called Luke's travel narrative. This is where Jesus is making his move toward Jerusalem. He's traveling toward Jerusalem, and along the way, he does a lot of teaching, especially through the parables. And we often see language that fits this notion of a journey. Uh, go, they went, along the road, on the way. Even the Christian movement is called the way. So it seems fitting to view Christian faith and discipleship like being on a journey. The language associated with journeying also fits what Jesus says about the rigors of discipleship. In today's text, Jesus highlights the costs of following him, of being a disciple. We have these three individuals who ask, can we come with you? Can we follow? And to the first person, Jesus says, foxes have holes, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus often uses son of man as a self-designation in the Gospels. It's like he's saying to this would-be follower that you might want to think twice before you follow me. Jesus and his followers are dependent on the hospitality of others, and without it, they are homeless. Jesus is being realistic about what's involved and that journeying with Jesus means a loss of worldly comforts and the security of home. Two other people come um, and want to follow too. Can we come with you? And Jesus, they tell Jesus, well, we have family commitments that we need to take care of first. 
One wants to bury his father. Uh, the other wants to say goodbye to their family. Again, Jesus' response seems pretty cut and dry. No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Apparently, even admirable virtues of family are secondary to the extraordinary demands of discipleship. Jesus is single-minded and determined. He's on his way to Jerusalem, and he knows what this will mean. Rejection, opposition, ultimately his death. Jesus' death looms large on this journey, and it's as if he doesn't have time to entertain people who want to delay. I sort of get it. I mean, you're on a backpacking trip to summit Mount Rainier, and you know the challenges that lie ahead, the ice fields, the crevasses that you have to cross, the elevation you need to climb. There's a sense of urgency, maybe even impatience. You are not going to be too happy with companions who say, well, uh, I want to go back and check my equipment again, or uh, I want to call my family one more time. At the same time, there's a tone in this text that is pretty unsettling. Jesus sounds intolerant, even harsh. He has set his face toward the destination, toward Jerusalem, and he doesn't have patience for people who seem that they can't grasp what the nature of the journey is going to be like. And this isn't the only place we see this sort of talk from Jesus about what it means to follow him. Earlier in Luke, Jesus acknowledges the suffering he will encounter and says that if anyone wants to follow him, they must take up their cross daily. Later in Luke 14, Jesus turns to the crowd and says, whoever wants to be a disciple must hate mother and father, sister and brother, or that they will have to give up all their possessions. These are hard words. Jesus is talking about a radical reorganizing of allegiances. There are many competing claims on our allegiances. Our family, our work, our possessions, our country, our even church. And Jesus is talking about reprioritizing our commitments if we are to follow him. And with Jesus, there's no bait and switch here. In Luke 14, 28, he asks, doesn't anyone intending to build a tower first sit down and estimate the cost to see if they have enough to complete it? Jesus isn't so much as trying to deter potential followers as he is giving them the straight story. Discipleship is serious business. I don't know about you, but I find this view of discipleship pretty daunting. If we're realistic about what it means to follow Jesus, one wonders, why even embark on this journey at all? Just stay back. Be with your family. Be in the comfort of your own home. This month, we're focusing on housing justice and, and talk about daunting. Anyone driving through Los Angeles knows that we are in the midst of a crisis with tens of thousands of people sleeping each night in a place not intended for human habitation. When I think about the complexity of the problem and what is needed to address it, 
I don't even want to go out to the shed and get the plow, let alone go to put my hand to it and start plowing the field. Molly Lowry put her hand to the plow and did not look back. Molly was a visionary in Los Angeles. She spent her life working for housing justice in LA right up until the time she died in 2016. She was extremely intelligent and gifted and could do a, a variety of things and did when she was young, but she ended up settling on work that would address the needs of individuals who are chronically unhoused. In 1985, she founded the LAMP community on Skid Row, and in 2007, she started an organization called Housing Works, which is where I had the good fortune of getting to know her. Housing Works is recognized as a top provider of permanent supportive housing and the services that go with it. They work with the most challenging cases, often housing folks who have been on the streets for decades. And their emphasis on supportive services results in a high success rate. About 98% of the people they house stay housed. And they have a variety of programs to, to support that, where participants um, secure and stay in housing, get job training, employment, uh, develop skills to manage their own lives, and find support in their path toward recovery. You can imagine that this kind of supportive work is very intensive and time-consuming. It's not something that is easily scaled up for the masses. But the focus of Molly and of Housing Works has never been to think big and mainstream. It's about the one-on-one -on -one relationship that makes a difference for one person at a time. This is how they make the world better. The slogan for Housing Works is whatever it takes for as long as it takes. And that's what they do. And they carry on Molly's mission Molly's approach and her legacy are a reminder to me that I need to embark on the journey. We need to stay on the path. When we think of the overwhelming social problems in our city, in our county, in our country, it's no wonder we might hesitate or maybe not even start down the path at all. And we're not alone in that. We see examples of indecision in the Gospels. You may recall Peter wanting to follow Jesus, jumping out of the boat, uh, into the water, he hesitates, he falters. He later even denies his friend. But being a, a disciple is not, there's indecision, but it's about the persistence, the, the determined following. And following Jesus also means being sent out to participate in the work that Jesus announces in Luke 4 to bring good news to the poor, release to the captives, freedom to the oppressed. These words in Luke 4 are from the prophet Isaiah. The teaching of the Old Testament is continued in Jesus' mission. In the Old Testament, we see God providing for the orphan, for the outcast. And the prophet Jeremiah offers a model of a good king. He judged the cause of the poor and needy, then it was well. Is not this to know me, says the Lord? God is known in social practice. Catholic social teaching says that God's love is expressed through the pursuit of justice in the world. And in the Jesuit educational framework, 
Both faith and justice are seen to complement and reinforce each other. I read about one example at St. Louis University where this congruence of faith and service is part of programs for students. One particular ministry works with people living on the streets. Each week, the volunteers meet to prepare a home-cooked meal, and then they venture out to be with the people where they live, to make conversation, to listen. So the ministry is not necessarily about providing meals. The food's really an excuse to create ongoing friendships with people on the streets. And not unlike Housing Works, they track the quality of the connections rather than the quantity of the people they serve or the hours that they work. Faith and justice complement and reinforce each other. They are part of discipleship, of following Jesus and continuing his mission. And each of us is invited on a journey toward this kind of discipleship. The Knox campaigns are meant to prod us along, to encourage and sustain us on the journey. These campaigns help us practice our discipleship and participate in the unfolding story of God's work in the world. When I was talking to some friends last week about this sermon and the hard message of this text in Luke's Gospel, we sort of tongue-in-cheek said, well, maybe just say Jesus doesn't really mean it. But Jesus does mean it. And if I'm honest with myself about what being a follower of Jesus could involve, I don't know if I have what it takes to go on this journey. But I believe Jesus wants me, wants us, to try. He doesn't tell his followers about the challenges so he can get rid of them. He invites them to follow, to go with him. But he gives them a heads up that it could get tough. The reality is that it's impossible to travel this path on our own. But with God, all things are possible. Thanks be to God, we don't go on this journey alone. Jesus is walking beside us every step of the way, and through the Holy Spirit, we can persist on the path toward discipleship. And the Spirit is also at work in and through the, the community that accompanies us. God is the one who enables discipleship. So let us commit to the journey. The challenge is to not look back, but to move forward with Jesus. Put our hand to the plow. Keep our eyes on the horizon. Take heart. God is with you. The community is with you. We are on the way together. Amen.